0: is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often, so stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase, that's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com Forward slash practical. Good morning, Prokopton. I hope you are well. I have a slew of new patrons to thank, and then there will be some ads, and then there will be a cool episode about checking my notes here. The importance of the state when assessing our own hurt. Huh. That sounds Roman. I guess we'll see what that's all about in a minute or three. New patrons? Wow, there are a lot today. Tom Ryan. Paul Weeks, John Walker, Elizabeth Kidd, Christine Horrocks, Eduardo Meneses—which I hope I've said correctly, Eduardo—I apologize if I haven't—and Terry Johnson. Thank you so much. I appreciate you all. I am a self-employed creator, and my content is free. So the stability of said employment is achieved through ads and those who choose to patronize my work. And since I am parting ways with Glassbox Media which will probably be finalized this week or next, those ads will be going away until I join another network, if that ever happens, which means the only thing keeping me afloat right now is your support as a patron of the show. So if you are not a patron yet and you can afford to become one, it really does matter, and I hope you will. You can check the show notes for a link to do that and to learn more about what you get in return for doing so. Also, in personal news, if you're interested, as some of you know, I'm going through the spousal visa process for the UK. I just got an email about a couple hours ago, 2, 3 in the morning, and it let me know that a decision has been made, re my spousal visa. Of course, it only said that a decision had been made and did not tell me what that decision was. So I will not know until I get a letter in the mail, presumably this week, telling me what the decision was. So if you can imagine how anxious I am going to be this week double it. (laughs) And that's probably something like how anxious I'm going to be. So I ask you please to cross your fingers on my behalf as I truly have no idea whether I will have been approved or denied until the moment I open that envelope. And I will keep you updated. Okay, let's get to the ads and then we can get to the episode. Here they are. Time to read and work through today's meditation, which is number 22 from book 5 of Meditations, and it reads as follows. What is not injurious to the city does not injure the citizens either. On the occasion of every imagination that you have been injured, apply this canon. If the city is not injured by this, neither am I injured by it. But if the city is injured, you must not be angry. Only point out to him who injures the city what he has failed to see. I think I've said before that Marcus's role as emperor finds him in a position to say some seemingly strange and sometimes actually strange things, not infrequently. And I think this is one of those strange things. Now, in Marcus's defense, this is a journal He's not writing this to be read, and he's not writing this as anything other than simple reflections aimed at himself. And I feel that before we dive into what I think of this meditation and what I hope you take away from it, I need to point that out, just to protect Marcus a little bit. Because, you know, if any of us had our journals opened, I think we'd all be a little embarrassed from time to time. Sometimes a journal is where you just get thoughts out of your head, and maybe they're not the best, kindest, or most accurate thoughts, and... I guess in this case, I'm not saying it is the case, but maybe it's the case with Marcus in this particular meditation. Although I can hear some of you screaming, no, Marcus is the best. I know some of you. Some of you really love Marcus. He is incapable of wrongdoing in your eyes. And so I'm gonna do my best here to prove that he's done no wrong. We'll see how that goes. I think the first question is, why the focus on the city, or as Marcus might've phrased it, the state, And I'll go ahead and admit that when I first read this meditation, I raised an eyebrow. But let's see if our collective eyebrow can be calmly lowered in unison. What is not injurious to the city does not injure the citizens either. Assuming Marcus isn't being some weird kind of hyperbolic madman here, I think we could, based on things he's written up to this point, extrapolate from this single sentence the following. That if a citizen is injured, then a city must needs be injured. And so if a city isn't injured, then it cannot be the case that a citizen of it has been injured. Did that make any sense? I'm saying that if a citizen is injured, and we'll get to what that word means in this use case in a minute, then it 100% has to be the case that the city itself is injured. And if I'm still not making sense, let me try one of my patented, sometimes useful analogies, or what I will now call an SUA. A house is an object. We all know that. It's a thing. A home is not an object, but a location that is part physical location and part feeling. Home is where the heart is, or perhaps you've heard the expression, we'll make this house a home. A home is somehow different than a house even though they seem inexorably linked. A home is something like any physical location that feels safe and warm and inviting and comfortable and where you receive mail. When a home is broken, which is phrasing I think we're all familiar with, it no longer feels that way, although you still get your mail there. Even though the house itself isn't broken, the home is. So imagine if I altered Marcus's words in this meditation and wrote this instead. What is not injurious to a family's home does not injure any member of the family. But if a family member is injured, then the home is automatically injured. I think, or at least I hope, this is what Marcus is getting at. Our city is a home, and we are all, as citizens of it, members of the family living in that home. So when one of us is injured, let's say by being made homeless, It is necessarily injurious to the city because we are part of the city. Perhaps we are like mini barometers of a city's health. So then if we look at the city and assess it not to be hurt, then it is impossible that any of us would be hurt because if we were, the city would be hurt as well. I don't know that I disagree with this idea in theory anyway, but I think it's a little too circular for my liking. That said, I do generally agree that if a city isn't hurt, then none of its constituent parts can be damaged, because if any of its constituent parts are damaged, then the city must be hurt. But what does Marcus mean by hurt? Is he talking about virtue? Virtue is the only good, right? And the only way we can be hurt is if our character is hurt. So Marcus isn't talking about experiencing homelessness or being murdered in your sleep by passing marauders. He's talking about the only thing he can be talking about, I think, within the context of Stoicism, our virtue, or specifically our character. And I think this is where I'm feeling a little tension, because people can possess virtue, but can a city? A city is a construct, first of all. It's just what we call a thing that functions and looks a certain way, right? A city is a populated area where there are laws and taxes and communal areas and business districts and such. And certainly the way we measure the harm done to a city can't be the same way we measure the harm done to a citizen, can it? If I burn your city to the ground, I've not just harmed your city, I've destroyed it. If I burn your home to the ground, I've not just destroyed your house, I've certainly damaged the home we talked about before, because a home is partially a physical space. But if we took the virtue is the only good and thus I am only harmed if my character is harmed approach, we would be forced to say that being made homeless is an indifferent. And so by being made homeless, we are not harmed, which I agree with. Homelessness doesn't harm our character and so doesn't harm us. I am, after all, a Stoic. But to suggest, even with that being the case, that our city, which has been razed to the ground in this example, hasn't been harmed is disingenuous at best. It's like when people say they're nihilists, and so they don't care about anything, but at the same time, they have a job and hobbies they enjoy and a dog. Clearly, there is a disconnect between what they say they believe and what they actually believe. And I think that sort of thing is happening to Marcus in this meditation. Or, I could be wrong, and this is getting a little bit deep in the weeds, I think, But we could go down the rabbit hole of everything which exists has virtue. Because in Stoicism, technically, unless I'm mistaken, which I could be, but I don't think I am, a city can have virtue in two ways. First, the physical objects used to build a city are wrapped up in pneuma and logos in that they exist because of those two things. They exist in that state of tension that I've mentioned before and so have some amount of reason attached to them, logos attached to them, they are birthed by the pneuma, and so they have a role to fill. In the same way that a planet is godlike, or according to the ancient Greeks and Romans anyway, actual gods, because of how strictly they adhere to their roles, so too can a brick be virtuous if a brick is doing its part to hold up the structure it is part of, if it's doing its job. So bricks can be virtuous. And secondly, that the amalgam these stones, bricks, and other materials conspire to create must also have a role and so can be a virtuous thing if it is filling that role. So a city can, in this regard, be a virtuous city because a city is physically made up of things which can be virtuous if they're doing their job correctly or well, and a city itself has a role and a job to do, so to speak. And if it's doing that job well, well, then it's a virtuous city. But this gets us right back to the circular logic thing that I don't really like. So here's what I want you to take away from this episode and meditation. First, if it's bad for you, if it hurts your character, then it must also be bad for the community or city because a community full of vicious members is not living up to its potential as a community or a city. Secondly, A city can absolutely be harmed physically without you being harmed personally. I think Marcus is wrong on this front. Third and lastly, some harms to a city are only caused by harmed citizens or people. As an example, entrenched corruption. So, in this way, the virtue of a city is intrinsically linked to the virtue of its people. This is the circular bit that I think we have to accept. Now what do I want you to do with these three takeaways? The same thing I want you to do every day. Walk the procoptonic path as well as you can. <laughs> Thanks for listening today. Thanks again to the new patrons. And don't forget, this upcoming Sunday, we have a workshop on the dichotomy of control with William Stevens, which is free, but which you must register for at actualstoicism.com forward workshop. Hope to see you there. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, take care.